Well, I'm back on my travels again after a couple of weeks at home, and uh, this time it's to familiar territory, really, because I'm back in Sicily. It's the fifth edition of uh, the modern incarnation of the Giro di Sicilia, which is a four-day race. Um, a race actually it goes it finds its origins right the way back in 1907, but it was really only raced sporadically through the opening decades, um, and uh, fell into. Uh, a complete decline and obscurity and was cancelled in 1977 and it was only resuscitated in 2019 by RCS and uh, this is the fifth edition as I say of, of the race and um, it's uh, I'm looking forward to it it's a particularly hilly one so there's only really one opportunity in the four days of of, uh, of racing for the sprinters and uh, it's attracted the uh, strongest start list of any of the editions of the race that I've covered since 2019. Let's just have a look, just leafing through the race manual. Um, tell you which teams are here, which teams. So we've got Astana, Kazakhstan. Mark Cavendish is here for his one opportunity, really, at stage two. Uh, Bar and Victorious are here with a very strong team. They've got the defending champion, Damiano Caruso, who is, of course, a uh, Sicilian himself. Um, but they're not the only World Tour teams because who else is here? Antomarche Circus Wanti are here, um, and so too are Jaco Alula and uh, the strongest team of them all, really UAE Team Emirates, who bring like George Bennett and Rafa Mike and Diego Ulissi um, to the to the race. Uh, then there's a whole bunch of the Italian continental teams that are going to cause me a headache for the first couple of days of racing. Um, just identifying who they are: Sofer Savini Due or MZ. Um, you know, Team Technipes, yeah, hashtag in Emilia Romagna, in, ah, in Emilia Romagna, um, work service Vitalcare Dinatec, and teams like that. Uh, plus, we've got Aeolo Cometa, who are here, and Q36.5, and Tudor, uh, making their debut, obviously, at the Giro di Sicilia. And uh, we flew into Palermo yesterday on the very northwestern tip of the island and uh, promptly jumped in a high car and drove across the island to the southwest, uh, central southwestern coast to Agrigento, which is where we find ourselves now, a hilltop town. So the stage one is going to be a, a um, quite a substantial climb, actually. Um, a rude awakening if Mark Cavendish thought this might be a sprinter's friendly race. Um, it's pretty flat race until you get to the last, uh, trying to find it now, the last, how many kilometres? The last 3.7 kilometres, which are steep, um, pretty much 6% with an average maximum gradient of 9% all the way to the finish line. So it's going to be interesting, kind of a Diego Ulissi day. Uh, anyway, um, that's it. Been for a run, escaped a few dogs. Matt Stevens and I went for a walk yesterday in the suburb of Agrigento that we're staying in uh, last night and tried to get off the massively busy main road because they just don't do pavements at all in Sicily or if they do, they're all overgrown and crumbling. Um, so you kind of end up walking on really quite a substantially busy road. So we kept trying to turn off the road and ended up going up this little residential side street that was completely... We walked about 100 yards off the road and then discovered that we triggered all the dogs in the neighbourhood. And I, Matt has, suffers from a similar kind of anxiety to me with regard to the dogs. <laughs> we just had to turn around <laughs> and really kind of like hobble, walk, run back again quickly back to the, the safety of the main roads to be passed by trucks. Uh, but I did have a lovely run this morning, ran out of... I've managed to find the beach, and I was the only person on this sandy beach looking out across the waters to where Africa is really not that far away, and in, inland to where you can still see the concrete fortifications from the, um, uh, the, the defences that were built against uh, American invasion. And Agrigento, by the way, was uh, very severely bombed 
in uh, in in the, the Second World War. It's also, incidentally, uh, got a literary connection, uh, Agri Agrigento, because it's the hometown of a, a writer called um, Andrea Camilleri, who died in 2019, age 93, and uh, he is most famous for um, the, the son of Agrigento for creating um, the Inspector Montalbano. Um, who is a, a, a famous fictional detective. And um, you, if you know your Italian TV, he, there's a long-standing Italian TV series that bears his name. Anyway, that's it. I better get showered, get going, get shaved, and uh, get, to the, get to the finish line of the race. Shuri, 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 di tutto l'anno L'amore camminasti di ricordo Shuri, 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 di tutto l'anno L'amore camminasti di ricordo La, 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 la Lo sappo tu se sappi Well, Matt Stevens is, um, has joined me again you know, Sorry again. Yes. No, please don't apologise. Uh, what a lovely place we're in. We're we're semi-tourists, aren't we? But we've. Well, we're, this is pretty much our favourite job of the year, isn't yeah. it? Because it's. It doesn't. It, we to be honest, it doesn't really feel like a job, does it? We no. we come and take on a really nice bike race in in a lovely location. In fact, this race is called the Race Across Beauty. It is. Uh, <laughs> and so we are really across beauty today, aren't we? Do you uh, know we're what? looking at beauty. Um, come to that in a second. But it just occurred to me that, I, and I do, I would stand by this, and I would, I would hold it up, evidenced. And I suggest that it's a, a, a true and verifiable opinion that I think the Giro di Sicilia has got the best-looking uh, jerseys, distinctive jerseys in 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 cycling history. They're beautiful. Arguably. The, the leader's jersey is like a blend of gold and orange, isn't it? And um, representing the the red earth of Sicily and the um, yellow sky of the, the burning sun of Sicily. And we haven't been paid at all to to promote that, have we? That's just it's just, just, just facts. Yeah, These yeah. are just facts that, that run through yeah. who we are. Yeah. Uh, and where are we, Ned? Because um, well, you know the name of the place. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. Sorry, but you, we must mention the pistacchio jersey. Oh, the pistacchio jersey. Uh, it says what it does on the tin that's the is that the mountains jersey yes, it is, it is. the mountains jersey and, and it's it literally pistachio it's a pistachio colour jersey yeah. and um, I reckon over the last few years we've done this race we must have spoken about that jersey itself not about the sprints but the, the design of the jersey the colour of the jersey for at least 25 minutes yeah 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 anyway we've, we've stopped up we pulled up a few kilometres short of our final destination which is the finish line of stage one Agrigento yep. um, we, we, we were staying like I don't know like 10 minute drive away um, I've been for my runners I've already told our podcast audience but we, we our breath was taken away by the sight of mm. two temples on the, the hillside because this is the valley of temples unesco world heritage site and the landscape around here is a moped just fires up in the background is littered with ancient doric temples i think there's over 40 of them wow i didn't know there's that many yeah it's incredible as you say we're just coming in adrigento is on a climb the, the finish of today's stage is up a four and a half k climb quite classic significant hilltop climb, classic yeah. hilltop climb to, to open up this race but we knew these te- I, actually i forgot these temples were here we glanced them we were driving up we saw them on the, on the hilltop we're taking the snaking meandering road up and then suddenly they, they came into view and um you just said to me should we pull over and i'm like of course we should so we pulled over parked in a, in a i don't know an orchard or you something made, like that uh, <laughs> made a bit of a meal of the parking I, I made, well there was no spaces it was just yeah. it was quite a complex parking yeah, situation but i think in the end i, I, I nailed it yeah. but it is about a 20 minute walk yeah. back to the car yeah. um but so I bought myself a hat because the sun is, is blazing, isn't it? It's a gorgeous day, although a lot of the Sicilians are still in puffer jackets. I'm yeah, in a T-shirt. Obviously, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but We're getting a right dab. I, I spent a euro on a, on a bit of tourist information about the... This was 15. 
Was it? 15 years. But I'm going to wear it throughout the race. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I spent a year on some the tourist information that I'm going to regurgitate on the telly later about the Valley of Temples. The Concordia stuff. Temple is just down the road. I don't know what the name of this one is that we're looking at. But there's a, quite a queue for tickets to actually get into yeah. the territory. And um, we stood there for about 30 seconds and then thought, it ain't no, going to happen. We're not, we're not queuing. So we've doubled back. But we are looking, as, as you just said. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's set amongst... What trees are these? I think they're... Um, I don't know, actually. Is it some sort of nut? Is that an almond tree? Could be, couldn't it? I think it's almonds. So it's set amongst almond groves. Almond groves, would that be the right? Um, yeah, I think so, thing. yeah. And we can just see that it's the, there's not a cloud, well, there are several little wispy clouds in the sky, and you've got this ancient ruin in front of us, which is, which is quite beautiful, to be honest with you. And, and, it's, and uh, our producer, Massey, who we love to bits, who's this he's great. huge character from Rome, he described, yeah, he described l- yesterday when he said, when you say an agrigento, and he said, oh, it's a dump, mate. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a dump. Agrigento, this is just a dump. Everywhere's a dump, it's though, a, isn't it? It's, it's a dump with, like, Rome, you, know, you know, very intact Doric temples. Yeah. Yeah. That have forced us to nearly be late for the race. Yeah. We know we're nearly late. Which, we, let's, we, should, we go? should we go? Yeah. La, 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 la. Well, as I'm sure you can work out, uh, given the ambient noise, this is the finish line of stage one of the Giro di Sicilia in Agrigento, which is uh, an amazing hilltop town um, just next to the Valley of the Temples. And the race is well underway. They've got about um, 80 kilometers to run. There's a break that finally got away of seven riders, um, including Sebastian Schoenberger, who's an interesting character, isn't he? He's an Austrian rider who was with the B&B Hotels team and distinguished himself by uh, qualifying effectively for their Tour de France team last year. But like all those riders, finds himself without a job uh, now after the team folded. Well, sorry, found himself without a job, but he's now got himself a ride with Human Powered Health. He's probably, in terms of uh, seniority, the most senior riders. Very, very young Italians in the uh, breakaway as well, including an 18-year-old and a 21-year-old riding for the Italian national team. Uh, not a day for Elia Viviani, not a day for Mark Cavendish today. Uh, the two sort of marquee sprinters in the field because as the police come through the finish line looking resplendent um, because uh, today's got a, a five kilometers uphill to the finish line it's not particularly steep it's got one little quite steep section in it um, and it was used this finish in the 2020 Giro d'Italia the October edition of the race in Covid and uh, Diego Ulissi won in the Giro d'Italia on this very finish so he remembers it well and he's probably the favorite to take today's stage Anyway, we're about to bed in and start commentating. Probably only have about 60 kilometres left before we come through to live pictures, which is in sharp contrast to the 300 kilometres we commentated at Milan Sanremo last time we worked together. Well, we've barely done an afternoon's work, are we honest? I'm just packing the highlighters away. This is the sound of highlighters being packed away. There you go. There you go. That's, uh, that's us done. <laughs> feels like, feels like we, I don't know, almost like, haven't quite justified our fairly substantial fee. Uh, well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I would counter that with saying, I, I think, well, we owe, the, well, we owe the riders a pint because yeah. they rode at, at approximately 47 k's now at the bottom of that climb. So I think we averaged uh, today 46, 46.5 or something ridiculous. Another ridiculously quick race with that tailwind, but an unexpected finish as well, wasn't so, it? So, yes, yeah, so um, Finn Fisher Black of UAE Team Emirates has come, you know, we thought, and he thought, and they thought he'd come to this race as a, you know, he's a very talented rider we've known a lot about for a while. Broke his leg last May, finding his way back. He's done the Algarve and I think the Ruta del Sol this year. But he's come here ostensibly as a, as a domestique yep. and yep. he hit the foot of the climb. 
as a domestique doing that big turn at the foot of this kind of like two, three, four, four kilometer climb. And um, yeah, and I'm, I'm just being kicked out of here. So that's absolutely fine. So I'm just going to, no, it's fine. It's fine and better Italian colleagues. It's just got a, uh, no, it's all right. Don't worry. It's okay. So that was slightly awkward. <laughs> I don't think. Oh, yeah, no, don't, don't, don't. In the truck. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We, yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically, this was this is live. This is what happened. So we're yeah. Uh, Ned's got to do some live stuff in a minute. We just yeah. got ejected quite politely out yeah. of the booth. But well, you. Got, I've got to go back in, so I'm just going to sum up. Finn Fisher Black. Yeah. Hit the hit. Did this massive turn at the bottom. Ulysses was on his wheel and couldn't hold it. Couldn't hold it. So Ulysses just sat up a gap emerged naturally, and Fisher Black just went, "Well, I'll crack on then." And then George Bennett thought, "Shall I get across?" And then they went, no, no, actually, yeah. and then that was it, game over. And no one had, no one could get across the gap, and he won by uh, eight, eight seconds, seconds eight yeah. seconds, uh, in a state of utter disbelief. But yeah. quite marvellous, I thought. I'm going to go back in the booth and do my bit now. Yeah, that I'm paid to do. <laughs> That's a bottle of Brunello di Mon- Montalcino that's just been opened. Um, it's a 2016, which is important because. Um, a couple of years ago on the Giro, it's a stage that, uh, do you remember it was some... Um, the Stadato stage. Maro Schmidt. Yes. And uh, who, who was the other? Covey. Covey, thank you. They came together at that little uh, kicker, didn't they? Yeah, at the Montalcino stage. That's right. But we were instructed by Brian Nygaard, who knows a thing or two about wine, um, that we should, we should try some Brunello di Montalcino, and it should be the 2016 version. It's got nothing to do with Sicily, unfortunately. No. Um, and where did we find this, Ned? In a supermarket just opposite, uh, yeah, not far from my hotel where we stayed in. We've now made it, we've done the, the transfer post stage one um, for to a little um, little hotel on the outskirts of Vittoria where well, the race finishes hotel, tomorrow. It's, 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 okay, yeah. it's, not, it's vast. I, I think <laughs> I just, I reached for the first adjective I could find, which turned out to be the wrong one, little. Um, because I don't yeah. actually have any words to describe the bizarreness of our arrival here. I don't think there are any, apart from... Well, it was the road on the approach was quite des- the road on the approach was quite desolate, wasn't it? And unfortunately, as it, as as Sicily has a bit of an issue with litter, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, quite. And there's quite a lot of litter, so it's quite strange. I mean, the landscape quite beautiful, although there's a lot of plastic sheeting over the um, over the large allotments, the agriculture here. But we came up to this this place on the map. Um, it's an agri turismo place, and it's what are we in that little chalets here? Yeah, uh, went yeah, past some chalets. Yeah, 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 exactly. An enormous empty car park. Yeah, kind of fake, um, uh, fake concrete uh, ancient relics. Yes. On the way up, and then uh, literally the whole place looked like it was shut. And we were the first people to arrive. No one else. Huge car park, totally empty. Size of three foot, four football pitches car park with a kind of stone henge that had fallen and apart. A concrete henge. And you've already renamed it Wine Henge. Wine Henge. Although we're not we there. Could, no, we thought we could open this bottle there. We're, so we've arrived, um, but we then didn't know whether to go to the deserted barracks yep. or up the other end of the car park where there appeared to be some dwelling. Which is a full, well, it's 800 metres away. Then we passed some cages with chickens in and then some geese some and some geese. next to some donkeys. And the geese went absolutely berserk when they saw us. And luckily a tethered dog. But we pushed through that. and it, But it was when the vast tethered dog started barking. That we didn't know it was tethered at that point, did we? So no, we, we had no idea. But we could see its outline and it looked, frankly, big. huge. It looked, it looked like, like Cujo. Looked as big. <laughs> Stephen King's Cujo. It's big as, a, it's as, big as one of the donkeys. Um, so we turned around. And we, we, we were briefly broke into a trot, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then we went back to the deserted barracks. And at that point, a lady came sort of chasing after us and said, uh, "No, no, no, you are, you're right, you're staying here." But it's been an adventure, and this is she's been she's, she's really lovely. pleasant. And we tried a bit. I tried a bit German on her. 
bit of English and um, a bit of very, uh, very limited Italian, which has changed us really. But we got um, it across the line, didn't we? We got it across the line. Here we are drinking some. Um, well, what we've actually done, uh, I think we just need to scrub a little bit more, just briefly. I try to keep it tight. Um, it's, it's a beautiful evening. There's palm, little palm trees. It's quite new where we are actually. It's actually quite well appointed, but there's no tables and chairs outside. So yeah. Ned brought his table out of his my chalet, honest, my little chalet. Yeah, little, really. quite sparsely yeah. um, um, decorated. Brought his uh, table out, and one of the legs fell off. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. So we put that back together, and, and then I are... tried to move the table, and the leg fell off again. Again. Yeah. So I replaced the leg. Yeah. You immediately lifted it up again. The leg fell off uh, again. <laughs> so um, anyway, but here we are, and it's actually quite pleasant now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, In the sunset. Well, um, I'm going to have to resort to one of those podcast techniques of a giant leap forward in time uh, from the last little uh, section of this podcast, because what I've failed to include is anything uh, at all that related to the race that we've just witnessed. Matt's alongside me. That's kind of, actually, that sounds like commentary wording, doesn't it? Matt's, Matt Stevens is alongside me for this it's podcast. more commentary style, not pod style. Exactly. Uh, but, it, but it does infuse in sometimes, doesn't it? It's just the very nature of what you do. You, you can't immediately just flick a switch no. and turn it off. No. I, I think there's like a, there's a, a transition period. Uh, of about an hour, I think, and we're still Decompre- within. We're in a decompression. Uh, we are. Co- yeah, a commentary decompression moment. We're standing. We're, we're in a, a, a sunny little cafe here in um, in this um, avenue that leads up towards us, the old centre of Vittoria, where we've just witnessed a bunch sprint won by Nicola Bonifazio. More of that in a second. Um, we're watching a procession of the team cars and coaches leave the paddock where they've. So they're just pulling away. It's in Mark Cavendish's um, Astana. Just pull away and Team Novo Nordisk. A lot of coppers, aren't there? A lot of there's, your a lot, there's a lot of Rosas. I think it's fair to say Rosas. I used to be a Rosa. A particular type of Rosa here. With uh, We're talking about the Jopfers, aren't we? Is that uh, it's a Jodfer. Jodfer. Is it Jodfer? Jodfer. Jodfer? Is it Jodfer? I don't know, actually. Maybe the, the listeners of the podcast can get in touch. Yeah. Or maybe, do we need to go on Forvo and check it out? How to say Jodfer? Yeah, maybe. Jodfer. I think it might be Jodfers. Yeah. Might be jodpers, yeah. but they're wearing like a, a navy jodper with a purple st- two stripes down the side, um, and they're all on motorbikes. So there's a lot, a lot of police knocking about, and they're obviously the police on the bike race. But there's loads. There's upwards of two dozen. There's also a building just adjacent to the paddock, which has fascinated me all day since we arrived. And uh, but I found out a little bit about its history. It's actually it's a museum that is now permanently closed. Hang on, I'm being rung. Let me just check. Oh, I think I might be called into action. I might just pause this. Hold on, two seconds. Just take this call. Hi, Andrea. Yeah, you're you're ready for the voiceover. Okay, all right, I'll be there in five minutes. Okay, bye, 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 bye. Um, ho, ho, hold that thought. This is live podding. That's great, though. <laughs> Uh, right, well, I'm in a sweltering car now. Uh, that little hiatus was because I had to d- dive back into the TV compound, otherwise known as the TV compound. Um, <laughs> it's a kind of in-joke. Um, and um, I had to voice, the, 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 narrate, <laughs> that's a slightly pompous word, put my voice to a uh, three-minute uh, internet clip that makes its way onto YouTube. But apparently there's a real urgency to get it onto the internet these days. So uh, the slight delay of like having to run back for five minutes 
caused them to be slightly exasperated, my Italian colleagues. But anyway, it's all done. Uh, we've got a two and a half hour transfer now to go up to Termini Irmerese on the north coast. Uh, so right across the beautiful centre of Sicily, um, which can be quite challenging. Um, uh, but I just wanted to complete the... Uh, we were sitting at the cafe just before that interruption. I want to tell you about this building that um, I was looking at, which puzzled me earlier on in the day because it's a, it was a museum that was completely closed and has now permanently closed and it, and it was kind of like a bit overgrown and there was a kind of guard dog outside and it looked quite intimidating um, but I couldn't figure out initially what the museum was um, there was a plaque on the side of the building that said something about uh, uh, that the museum was run and administrated by the Italian uh, Hungarian Historical Society and it was housed in a former concentration camp. That was, you know, my Italian was good enough to kind of unpick that. But I did a little bit of research and um, found out that Hungarian soldiers from the First World War, who were obviously on the opposing side of the war from Italy, um, who would have been, I think, captured in in the Dolomites in the the, the war in the Dolomites against Italy, um, would actually transported all the way down here to Sicily and held in a in a concentration camp in Vittoria, um, which has been in the past a kind of a joint, uh, jointly remembered uh, place by the I I Italian and the uh, Hungarian authorities, which is, yeah, it's just one of those stories about the vastness of these world wars and these kind of pockets of history that aren't taught really or just kind of so particular to the nations involved that they often slip through the... Uh, slipped through our understanding of, of these conflicts and it was news to me anyway that Hungarian prisoners of war were held in effectively a concentration camp in Sicily during the First World War. We're plugged up and ready to go Matt. We are indeed. We have uh, 2 hours 30 of driving 197 k's basically to the other side of the island. Simple yeah. as that. Other it coast. Is. Yeah. Coast to coast. Um, just a word on the race. So it was, it was kind of like as Matt gets done away I'll close the door we, we can start driving. Go, yeah. yeah. Well, here we go. That's the sound of a Renault Clio going to be there we go. She's up and going. Yep. Um, um, the race was kind of um, scrappy today, and the, it was a it was a bunch of sprint finish. Um, uh, Mark Cavendish and the Astana team just kind of it was a very difficult finish to get right in some ways. It was very very windy, and as they turned towards the finish line, it turned increasingly into a tailwind. Um, and and it was kind of there was roundabouts and bits and pieces. And anyway, he found himself with a kilometre or two to go, well out of position, and had to sprint to get back into position it was just beyond him and it was moving too fast at the front and the riders who got it bang on were most um, most of all it was uh, Nicola Bonifacio a rare win for him actually in his first win for his new team Antamache Circus Wanty and um, I say rare win he's, he's won plenty of races in the past but not for the best part of a year and in second place a rider who I'm, I increasingly admire actually having come to the Giro di Sicilia for the last five years I see him almost every year in this race and that's Vincenzo Albanese who's um, finished in the top 10 on stages seven times, and that's his second, second place in this race. And he's close uh, with a good performance at tomorrow's uphill sprint. He would be close to taking the leader's jersey from Finn Fisher Black. Uh, let's go. But by the way, Matt's just we're just going round and round in circles in the car park. Very, no, we got, uh, I've just found a shortcut. Okay, shortcut. Uh, it's very... That's the very nature of this race. There's a lot of do-it-yourself stuff, which I quite like. Yeah, it's like a, the rough guide to stage races. This, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it really is. Oh, I should say another detail from yesterday's finish. Yeah, there's a really big bump here. So for quite a technical moment. We might double puncture it at this point. Just it's a small, this. small sandbank. Uh, yeah, just a, a nice little detail from yeah, the denouement of yesterday's. After yesterday's stage was. Um, 
I didn't know where I was doing this bit of voiceover, and I thought it was back in the commentary booth that we have on the finish line. But so I tried to get back into the commentary booth, but our Italian colleague Umberto was doing a bit of um, also similar extra voiceover work. And he was being protected by his co-commentator, Alessandro Pataki, who was yeah. holding the door closed that I was trying to open. I so I, I found myself in a, involved in a kind of tug of war to get this door open with none other than Alijet. I've never seen it like it. And it was, there was quite a, the atmosphere briefly changed in the booth. I mean, I think we've, we've since put it behind us. Yeah. But there was a moment of real tension. Uh, Between me, uh, principally me, and, and Alessandro Pataki. Yeah, uh, and essentially, you, you found out what it's like to joust with the great Al Jet. Um, we're about 80 kilometres uh, from our final destination in the in the deep interior of Sicily, and um, well, you never you never do a, a, a complete lap of the Giro di Sicilia without some mechanical incident. And um, Matt, you what have you, what have you just unpacked? So explain, explain that sound. This is one of the triangles that every car should have in Europe and in the UK. Actually, um, it's a, a safety triangle. We're on a really main road. Thankfully, it's relatively quiet. There's a tow truck that's just gone by. It's not for us. Um, but Ned was driving. We'd recently just swapped over driving. I'd done like an hour and a quarter, and it was bang on an hour and a quarter for Ned to drive. Listen to a bit of the carpenters. Listen yeah. to the carpenters. And then we pulled, pulled out of a junction on a little bit of a flyover, and suddenly Ned said, the car's just losing power. And literally it was. And we could only drive in second gear. It wouldn't take third gear. So we've limped to a halt in a place of semi-relative safety where I can... We're not podding in the car, by the way. We're actually on the, on the grass verge. Thank goodness it's sunny. And I've just called the... Um, pick up we're going to get a, hopefully a truck here in half an hour but i'll see that when i believe it <laughs> oh god anyway it's beautiful give it that sicily It's 11 o'clock at night now, and uh, we made it. We made it. Uh, we'd, we'll never see that car again. That's for sure. That's knackered. Um, and so am I. Um, actually, it was, it was, it was fairly, uh, fairly, fairly efficient. We got picked up by some colleagues of ours. Massi and Andrea um, escorted us to our hotel. Um, um, but we had to wait until the, the tow truck actually took the car away. And, uh, yeah, we won't be seeing that again. Well, it's Thursday morning and someone's turned the heat up in Sicily. The wind has uh, switched direction. We've had a westerly wind for the first couple of days of the race and blowing from the south now and uh, it's bringing in the hot air from Africa. It's sweltering all of a sudden, really the first hot day of summer spring summer whatever it is feels like summer in sicily we're in um uh, the the north of sicily now having transferred across the island uh, at the finish line in termini imerese and it's been we have a run this morning along the coast um and uh it's it's kind of markedly different in character from the south of sicily um a little bit more prosperous i i guess um certainly what that's what it feels like in the coastal resorts near near palermo actually only 30 kilometers to the east of palermo and, and this place was um, 
was known as by the Latin name. Um, actually, sorry, the, the town that where, where, where the race starts today, Enna, which is a hilltop town in the middle, of, right, the central geographical centre of Sicily, uh, uh, was known as Urbs Inexpugnabilis, uh, the impregnable city. Um, and it drops out of the, the, the course today, drops out of the hills, uh, mountains really, th- over a thousand uh, metres of elevation down to the coast at Termini Imarese, this uh, port just to the east of Palermo, um, which was founded uh, because there's some hot springs here. And in, the, uh, in 409 BC, there was a battle of Himer, and I think it was an uprising against Roman rule. And the survivors of that battle actually settled here and founded the city of uh, Termini, which means therm- thermal, so hot springs, Imerese. Um, there's all sorts of Roman stuff knocking around here. There's a, there's a, a Roman aqueduct called the Cornelius Aqueduct, which is a two-tier huge aqueduct, one of the largest and the best preserved in Sicily. It's amazing. Um, there's a Greek temple, the Temple of Victory, or Nike, um, that dates from 480 BC, and uh, and a Roman amphitheatre as well, an Augustan age Roman amphitheatre. Anyway, the, the race today, by the way, driving into this uh, this town today with our colleagues was just like, it was just pure stress and comedy in equal measure. And as Matt was saying, it was like, it was like a sort of low-grade Bond film. You know, we constantly very very close to upending people carrying great big towers of boxes around and sort of like at one point a bucket just descended on a rope um, from a a building above us just very close very narrowly missing the car Um, so it's just little alleyways and switch switching back and impossible little gaps that we had to get through and then we found our way to the final kilometer so it's a so it's kind of like kick in the tail this stage and in the final kilometer there are five switchbacks in quick succession and a steep little finish all the way to the top so it's going to be a a finish for a puncher and I'm looking out over uh, the the, the city at the top of the hill and it's a beautiful scene and uh, what a place to be Well, minutes to go before uh, we're on air. Just time for a little update uh, on partly the race situation, but more interestingly, Matt Lunch. It's banging, wasn't it? Um, also, I love this tune, Miley Cyrus. I love this tune. But our lunch was amazing, wasn't it? And we met the proprietor, didn't we, more interestingly? I had a wonderful caprese salad, classic bit of mozzarella and tomatoes with some chips on the side. You had a seafood salad. But what a chat we had with this proprietor. It was quite um i wouldn't say he was quietly incandescent about the fact he couldn't park his own car outside the front of his restaurant wasn't he he was a gentleman in perhaps his early 80s i, I would suggest and um the walking stick came over to us owned the gaff very like probably the best restaurant around here lives above it and he had really good english didn't he once he realized oh italian wasn't going to get him very far um and it became obvious that he'd spent a lot of time in new york and indeed he'd lived in brooklyn brooklyn yeah, for yeah, 20 brooklyn, years yeah. so he's had a little bit of that so yeah. proper sicilian brooklyn kind of connection yeah and then he went on to to describe about you know, talk about his family didn't he where, where talked about money a lot i couldn't quite get to what his point was about the money but about things were quite expensive in new york and pizza, pizzas cost 20 bucks here they're five euros and i think he's slightly resentful of the fact that you can only charge people five euros for a pizza here exactly exactly but i think he was also quite a it was quite it quite enjoyed telling us that I think he'd he'd, he'd made he'd made he'd made a bit of money in his in his time, and he'd, he'd bought houses for his, for his two sons, and he described the position in between the mountains and the coast where his sons lived, lit nearby. Um, didn't ask particularly what we were doing at all. It was quite. Well, a, it wasn't interesting. It was a one-way conversation, <laughs> just telling us about his life. But it was quite. It was quietly. Yeah, it was incand- to explain the incandescence. That was because, um, but basically, he can't park his car outside his thing because it's all given over to us, organisation cars. Um, 
which is a perennial unfairness of bike races. Anyway, um, uh, we're in the middle of this uh, stage three at the moment. They're just about to go over the climb and then they're going to drop down onto the coast. There's a breakaway of six riders. You've got a decent little advantage now, about four minutes. And um, we haven't got live pictures up yet, but we understand that Mark Cavendish is working on the front uh, amongst uh, other uh, riders, I would imagine. But that's all for Alexei Lutsenko on this um, final climb, um, which, yeah, is... Um, is beautiful. It's a really, really could potentially an iconic finish. This, isn't it? Yeah, just a kilometre, five or six switchbacks. Not super steep, five or six percent, but um, punctuated with some beautiful cacti and prickly pears. Through through a botanical gardens, almost, isn't yeah. it? That kind of feel to it. Yeah. Quite quite cool, ornamental, actually. Yeah. And then into this beautiful piazza, Piazza uh, del Duomo here. Yeah, and uh, just next to the Via Garibaldi, fittingly enough. Um, so that's a, a situation in the race, and I think Vincenzo Albanese is going to win this. I agree. And Matt agrees. Well, um, considerably later, the race finished about four hours ago plus, um, and uh, and it was a thriller in the end. So a breakaway of six riders got uh, got up the road, and they always had a kind of like sense hanging over the race that they could make it difficult for the bunch. And uh, one of the riders in the six rider breakaway was one of the uh, Tudor Pro Cycling riders, a young Swiss, in fact the reigning and current Swiss individual time trial champion, a young man called Joel Suter. And with about 15k to go, and around about a minute's advantage on the coast road, he clipped off, he attacked the rest and uh, was not seen again until um, the finish line, where he held on uh, by, uh, uh, by by just a couple of seconds. So. Uh, so that was pretty much the story of the day. And um, subsequent to that, we have jumped in the car with Bips driving and uh, Matt in the front seat and I'm in the back seat. And um, Matt's been doing navigating and music admin. And uh, we've, done, we've, gone, we've gone a ridiculously long way around Mount Etna to avoid going anywhere near Mount Etna to get to the other side of Mount Etna. And much to our annoyance, our colleague Massey uh, has left earlier than us and arrived no left later than us and arrived earlier than us at a hotel not far to go now though but that was a three-hour transfer finish line of the final stage of the race has uh, been set up right next to the Duomo in Giare, a big Baroque church um, uh, that I'm standing in all alone at the moment. Um, and it's the Duomo of Sant'Isadora, Isadoro Agricola. And uh, knowing very little about this particular saint, I've just done a bit of research on him. He was a Spanish saint of the 12th century. And actually, Agricola is the patron saint of farmers. Um, and in Spanish, he was Isidoro, the the, la the Labrador, the labourer, which is a, not a very good translation because Labrador is specifically someone who ploughs the land. Um, and during his lifetime, he were, there were 438 miracles um, ascribed to Isidoro, uh, who was a pious, as I say, farm worker, who... Um, <coughs> They're miracles such as uh, he would often be, his co-workers would complain that he was late um, and in the mornings he would go off to pray for many hours and an angel uh, would 
instead do the ploughing of the land on his behalf. There's lots of other uh, miracles that involve sacks of wheat being distributed to the poor, and it, at, one, at one point some hungry pigeons that he finds by the side of the road and he gives them half the wheat from his sack, only to find, um, uh, he's mocked for doing this, but only to find that the, his um, sack of wheat that's been halved isn't, by the time they get to the, where their, their destination has been replenished and etc 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 so so there we go Sant Isidoro Agricola and it's a beautiful church and the sun is streaming in through some uh, yellow stained glass windows high up in the nave someone else has just walked in so I'm no longer alone and uh, feeling a little bit self-conscious about talking to myself in this church so I'll, I'll probably leave it at that It's the final day of racing on the Giro di Sicilia, stage four, and uh, they're going to go up and over Etna, one of the uh, many ascents of Etna, the Duimonti climb. Um, three climbs and a 213-kilometer stage today. It's a bit of a monster. Um, and a finish line, uh, a finish line in Giare, uh, which is one of the towns near Catania on the western, eastern flank of Mount Etna. And the podium has been set up in this most spectacular location, um, Directly behind the podium, you can see the snow-topped uh, Mount Etna and the crater just gently smouldering. And uh, again, once again, for the fourth successive day, bright sunshine on the race and a GC uh, that is wide open, all up for grabs. Um, I'm really looking forward to this stage. A few hours to go, though, uh, before they come flying up this, this long drag to the finish line here, big straight line. And the road surface is made up of those dark black slightly pockmarked volcanic paving stones uh, that feature all across this uh, this part of Sicily uh, it's a uh, yeah it's a, another wonderful place to round off another uh, lovely little navigation of Sicily I've enjoyed myself a huge amount Well, that's the sound of the national anthem of Kazakhstan being played here in Giare because Alexei Lutsenko, with great style, has won with a big solo attack the Giro di Sicilia. And what a thrilling race it was. That was a really exciting bike race. Difficult to call um, on, the, on the descent of Etna coming into that final climb, but I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce. Um, and you did all the heavy lifting in terms of pronunciations. But no, uh, actually... A, a, I wouldn't say a redemptive win by Alexei Luxenko, but he did look back to back to his former glories there. Uh, still don't know quite what happened to UEET Memorants uh, in between those two climbs, but a superb event. And as you said in the comms, Ned, in, in all seriousness, this race year by year just seems to gently, incrementally elevate itself. And, and today's stage, the crowds, just the organisation, the infrastructure, the location, did feel like a Giro d'Italia stage. Had some real heft to it. And so fair play to the organisers. Uh, it's, I think it's both your and mine favourite race to come to. It's absolutely wonderful. And today's stage was brilliant. Uh, Mark Donovan, top of the top of the cap to him. He was racing exceptionally well. But yeah, Luxenko looked great. And also, um, I think we have to tip a hat to uh, Menkes as well. So so consistent on his favourite terrain. The harder, the better for Menkes. Who's our favourite rider, though? Who's our favourite rider from the Giro di Sicilia? Do we? Are we going to agree oh, on this? Abanesi. Yes. we <laughs> agree. Vincenzo Abanesi. Yeah. I'd tell him comes. He needs to step up. Uh, not. He's already stepped up. But I think end of his contract with the Oli Cometa, they're going to do their best to keep him because he he's by far apart from Fortunato, who of course won on the Zonclan a couple of years ago. He's their he's their preeminent rider now. But I think he's good enough to still definitely good enough to step up to the next level. That consistency, that versatility he showed. Ev 
every day inside the top five, a couple of runners-up spots. Oh, yeah, two runners-up spots, and then the uh, and then the podium overall. Well, it's an amazing ride. Is it a great rider? Last last eight stages of the Giro di Sicilia. So going back to last year's edition as well, he's not finished outside the top ten. And in this, to give us up some context, because I don't think everyone listening to the podcast will have followed every stage of the Giro no, di Sicilia. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, to give us some context, he finished second to um, Bonifacio in the bunch sprint on on stage two, and it was a bunch sprint. It was a pan flat stage, and he finished in third place. Um, today, over three massive climbs, one of which was Mount Etna, on, on the Queen stage. And, it, and the significance of him finishing in third place and out sprint was he actually bumped Finn Fisher Black off the podium. Yeah. And he had, to, he had to take third place in the bonus and the time bonus and gap Finn Fisher Black by at least two seconds. And he gapped him by two seconds. Did, well, was, there was a lot of, I think from, from mine and yours perspective as, as commentators, there was a lot of... Uh, Live maths. Yeah, mathematic, mathematic athletics that we did quite well. Because we did actually say we think that Albanese will gap him possibly yeah. on the run. And he did it by exactly what he needs to do. And, uh, and clearly it was the points, not the stage win, that elevated him to the, 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 well, the third place on the podium. But oh, also, Finn Fisher Black, need to mention him. First ever maiden win for him uh, in a road race uh, and really had to dig deep today. And the fact that his team rode for him, um, I think that's, I think that was really, really important. So fair play to Finn Fisher Black as well. And you've worn a hat the whole way around? I've worn a hat. I've had some uh, funny stares. Uh, I think it's just one size too small. But I've, I think weirdly, I've kind of slightly comedically carried it off, Ned. Well, apart from the fact that we bumped into our te- technical director, Bruno, from the Euro Media Group today, and he just openly before the stage, and he just looked at you and he started laughing. But it wasn't just a kind of like snigger; it was kind of a belly laugh yeah. at your expense. Yeah, I don't know how to take that because uh, he's normally quite ca- very composed, calm, cool c- uh, customer, isn't he? Uh, polite as well, quite looking, you know, sort of like you know, likes to make you feel good about you know. So, but he's just laughing at you, wasn't he? Well, I, I think it's laughing at me that hurts a little bit. So, uh, although it's been a great race and a wonderful four days, and, and you're very good company, and I feel ever so slightly demoralised now. We're going to come back next year, aren't we? Of course we are. Bloody too right.